What's up, Spellslingers? My name is Gary and John Wells, and this is the very first episode of Untap Upkeep Drink, the decidedly casual Magic the Gathering podcast where you get a twofer. Each episode, we're going to be covering some sort of magic-related topic, formats, sets, set releases, pre-release, whatever it is, and we're going to be reviewing some brews. So you get double the pleasure, double the fun. Let's get into it. To my left, I've got Corey Janavagian. Oh, yeah. Happy and to, to be here. My right ish, Drew Flitton. And Flitton. Yeah. Not definitely. with an N. Yeah, don't spell that wrong. I'll get mad. All right. Today, we're going to be talking about formats. Yeah. So, a lot of people, they play, you know, like janky kitchen table magic. And you want to learn about different formats and figure out, you know, why people play what they play. Um, so, before we, you know, get properly into formats, it's kind of a dull topic. So, we're going to try and keep things brief. Uh, but we just want to say, put a disclaimer out here. You know, we are going to be drinking while we're hanging out here. Uh, so we want just everyone we to be responsible. We are all adults. Yes, we're all here. adults. We're Season over 21 one. here in the U.S. Uh, and just want to say, you know, drink responsibly and, you know, don't drink if you're don't not allowed to. Don't get too crazy. Yeah. Yeah, don't get too crazy. Just be responsible. Be legal. Um, so first thing I want to talk about is the the beers that we're drinking pour, here. Pour your drink out now. Yeah, <laughs> pour your drink while you're listening to us and just hang out. Beer up. All right, so Gary, over there, you've got. So today I've got a Hofbrau Hefeweizen. It's a good, weedy, nice, uh, mild beer. Yeah, it's a the weak sauce like I am. Yeah, it's a, a Munich White, uh, and that is an import. Uh, it's, it's definitely a nice mild beer. It's kind of uh, easier for, for most people. And Corey, what about you? What do you got? I'm rolling with the Anderson Valley Frambois Rosé Goza, and it Gose? is delightful. I love delightful. this beer. Delightful. Yeah, it is definitely it's a, a sour good, beer. So if you don't like sours, I think that's actually kind of a like on the nose as far as like what they named the beer. Like a sour and a sour. It's not some of the other beers that you have that are, are sours or whatever. To me, they have like a, a bile kind of like bitterness to them that I don't really appreciate. But that one, it's it's a sour. It is sour. It's got raspberry it's in it. Very it's very sour. It's got some good color. Easy yeah. to drink. Easy. Super yeah, easy. It's very, very mellow. Love that's it. all I ask is something easy. And for me, I've got one of my favorite breweries. We got Deschutes, and I've got the the Jubilee Ale. You know, this time of year, yeah, Deschutes was great. Oh yeah, uh, and I've got which is just a winter ale, uh, nice and chocolatey. Got that that mocha kind of vibe to it. Um, so we're just going to be drinking these as we uh, continue. So sorry for the slurping noises if you happen to encounter. <laughs> yeah. uh, so <laughs> let's jump in, jump into it. So Corey, you're a little more educated on this, and uh, Gary and is before. Uh, all of this because Gary's kind of newer to getting into specifics. It's of weird. Format. I'm the oldest Magic the Gathering player, but I played Jank Magic my whole life, so I don't <laughs> know the, the the formats as well as I should. He had right. to relearn big everything. Fan, big uh, sort of modern standard fan, but once you get about af- the periphery of that, I'm uh, I'm lost. So. All right, so go ahead, just real quick, what are the, what do you think most popular uh, common formats are? I mean, most common ones are standard and modern. And then Commander's up on the rise. Which yeah, is, definitely. We all, we all play Commander here mostly. Yeah. And it's the high best in my sure. It's a good game. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's enjoyable. Um, so the difference being uh, with these is that some of them are going to be a heads up. That is to say a one-to-one uh, player uh, or one-on-one rather. And so that's kind of what most magic is going to be. You're going to be at 20 life uh, and you're trying to get your opponent to zero or mill them out or whatever your strategy happens to be. Uh whether that's like an alternate win con that just says you win the game or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's start with kind of like the the oldest of formats. And we're talking about just for this, this is just constructed formats right here. Yeah. And when, when you say constructed, basically there's two types. There's constructed where you've gone and built a deck way beforehand. You've planned it out. You've got to choose every single card carefully, meticulously. Uh, and then the rest is sealed and draft, right? Where you kind of get booster packs and you kind of are at the whim of what you drew in those packs that day. So we've got vintage and it's basically all cards from all legal sets. Um, and I'll, I'll get into legal sets in a second here. Uh, but that includes the power nine in vintage, uh, which if you're not familiar with, there's nine cards that are just ridiculously powerful and they're banned in basically every format except for vintage, uh, which kind of tells you the power level of vintage People are right. looking they're good. not banned just for fun. They're banned because they're, they're really hard to beat. They yeah, break the game. Yeah, they, <laughs> they also cost a lot of money. <laughs> oh, yeah. As far as that. cash goes, like vintage is because of the Power 9 alone is going to be like your, your most costly format. Uh, I feel like we were kind of playing vintage growing up 
only because, you know, we didn't really have the rules of what was and was not banned. However, I don't think we were playing vintage the way vintage players would play it. Because <laughs> right, we definitely, not, definitely not. But to, <laughs> to be more accurate, good. and like that's, that's a really good segue to, to talk about Legacy, which, again, is basically all cards from all legal sets, except it has a ban list that is more intensive than what vintage is. Uh, and that includes the Power 9 that it's, it's banning, uh, so you don't have just those insanely, like, I'm not, I don't want to say broken, but if you play one of those cards in your deck, you are looking to win on turn one, turn two, like you are trying to win. But in essence, these two formats are exactly the same other than what cards are allowed to be played. Uh, in they're essence, still played yes. the same way as well, far as yeah, yeah, they are, deck, deck list, how many yeah, cards you can Yeah, you're 60 card decks, life. right, with both of them, 20 life, and it's going to be heads up. It's going to be you against an- another player. Right. Um, so the next kind of older format is modern, which I think it's like... 2006, 2000, something like that. Maybe it was 2002. Uh, we'll have to look that up. It's a big gap. I like that. <laughs> from, Either 2002. From this century or the last one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Modern is going to be played with 8th edition and Mirrodin towards the most recent set. So anything from 8th edition onward is uh, Modern legal. And so those cards, there are some like incredibly powerful cards. Modern decks are nothing to, to mess around with. Some of them can compete with vintage decks and... Essentially, those cards, aside from like specific bannings, are probably going to be legal in Legacy and in Vintage. It's just those Legacy and Vintage decks are going to have also more powerful cards that were older so before. If we're like, going to allow ourselves a tangent here, all right, sure. Do you think they stopped at that point because they hadn't discovered how powerful these cards were, and so they realized, wow, those first few years, I think it has we to do really with, went off. Or? I think it has to do with uh, there was the Eighth Edition rules change, and so okay. once they changed the rules and they they kind of made things more. Uh, linear as far as how the the rules are laid out and how uh, cards are being printed and okay. specific wording on the cards. And, and so, so that's, now that's we've very got direct. a new set that's more coherent. And we're right, trying to keep that with Yeah, that, that idea. Um, and then from there, you know, we progress into standard, which... So, side note. Yeah, go ahead. Mirrodin came out in 2003. 2003, okay. There we go. And when did 8th edition check. come out? I don't know. I'll get All right. <laughs> Give So Mirrodin and 8th edition are kind of like the, the go-to that people talk about when they're talking about modern and how far back it goes. Right. Um, so standard is just going to be the most recent sets. Eighth edition was also 2003. All right, so we got 2003 onward. That's that's modern. That might have been when they changed their rules. That might yeah, be the, people talk about like when the eighth edition figured rule it change, out. Right. It's the okay. Fifteen years. All right, and then we've got standard, which is something that people are a lot more familiar with. Like Corey said, it's it's one of the more popular, uh, more common formats that people see, and it's just the most recent sets. And the reason why standard is so popular is because. You look at your, your LGS, your local game store, uh, you are going to see these standard format sets uh, more common. That's because, mostly what's in stock. Yeah, it's, the most, yeah, it's the most recent. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's where all the money is currently. That's what yeah. everybody comes you in You kind of have to move on. You can't just release one thing and hope that people will play it. Yeah, exactly. You have to keep up. So yeah, you have it. to stay up with it. Um, and they do have a standard-specific ban list as well. Uh, and that like is broken cards that they didn't see when they were planning because they've got sets from multiple years, right? We've got two years here generally, that you're looking at in standard. And so there's just some card interactions that the the developers didn't figure out in uh, like when they were, when they were t- playtesting it. Right. And that's that's like the, the most common uh, constructed formats that you're looking at. That's your 60-card yeah. formats. Um, and then we've got singleton formats. So before jumping into that, I will explain. In most vintage, legacy, modern, standard decks, you're allowed four ofs, which is four of a specific card except for basic lands, which you're allowed as, as many as you want, uh, up to your 60-card limit. And then you also have a sideboard of 15 cards in those uh, to combat whatever you know decks that you're whatever playing against. Tricks you're up yeah. against. Um, so you can have four of the exact on the same meta. card. If four of the exact really same like name. It. I mean, right, you, right. you should probably Type run a complete set of certain cards. Yeah. yeah, and there are some cards. Like The reason why you want uh, four of is because magic is... A randomized game, basically. Once you shuffle up, Correct. you don't know what the top card of your deck is. Which is why it's so fun, by the way. Yeah, and which yeah, is why definitely. constructing a deck is very it's important. Yeah. <laughs> and so you want to be able to have some consistency in your deck. You want to have answers to what your opponents are playing. And in order to have that consistency, you want as many of those cards as you can play, basically, in order to keep that consistency going. Um, and then, of course, you have to have like sideboard answers that you're not going to have four of because not everyone's playing a specific deck that you need to counter. Uh, so... Let's talk about that. We've got singleton formats. Singleton formats. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so singleton, as the name suggests, is one of any card, any given card in, in uh, the deck, except for basic lands. Again, you're allowed basic lands because you need those to cast spells. Correct. 
Um, and so for those, Crazy. <laughs> for those, we have three, three formats that we look at. We've got EDH, also known as Commander. Yeah, boy. We've got Brawl, <laughs> which out. is not as, not as popular right now. And also struggling because the way it was presented is a little standard difficult. Standard Commander. Yeah, it's Standard Commander. And then we've got Highlander, uh, which is generally 100 card singleton. I've seen other variants and it really does vary by the region. There's uh, German Highlander, Canadian Highlander, you know, wherever you're at, there's probably a Highlander variant for you. Uh, some of them are 60 card, uh, some of them are 100 card. And That's where we start to get out of the periphery of my uh, built-in knowledge of magic. That's, yeah. You don't do Highlander. that at all the weird no. stuff. Yeah. Highlander, yeah. Yeah. Highlander is very like uh, area-dependent, and we don't really have a, a big Highlander scene here. I think I've only played with one group who's played Highlander. But it's sort of a variant of Commander, correct? No, it's more of a variant on like Vintage or Legacy. Okay. Uh, they usually use uh, the, the Legacy ban list or the Vintage ban list. Uh, and then they have their own like meta dependent ban list as well, and so Canadian Highlander they have their like their regional uh, adjustment is like their Mulligan system. So you're allowed uh, two sixes, two fives, two fours. I think probably more on, on the way down. But if you have to go there, generally you're conceding that game and just say GG, say, go if next. You get down that low. Yeah. Um, so that's that's to help because there is variance in hundred card uh, format. There's variance in you know the sixty card format, but even more so in these these ones. But the most popular singleton by far. Oh, it's Commander. It's Commander is Tiny Leader. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even mention Tiny Leader. Shout out Sorry. to Tiny Leader, the dead format. Yeah. I mean, people try it on that one, and it's just it's just difficult. It was the brawl before brawl happened. That's how you know it's bad, because it's not on our list here. Yeah. 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 People who have tried to play it and tried to, to make it a thing, it's just in our own local scene, couldn't do it, and Tiny Leader is, is unfortunately just It's not too there. restrictive. Yeah. So if With, we were going to give a baseline on Commander. Yeah, so Commander you is, about is your 100 cards. Right, ten out of ten would 10 play, would 10, play 10 again. Would play again. <laughs> Most cards are legal, and the the trick about commander is that you have to have a general or a commander, and that dictates what colors you're allowed to play. So if you have a white red commander, don't uh, don't. It's, if you have a white, it's not the best. <laughs> if you have a white red commander, uh, you're only allowed to play white and red spells in your deck list. So it's restrictive in that sense. And then it also has the commander specific ban list, and the cards in there are. I mean, they're there for a reason for most Do you know part. how long that list is currently? 2019? Start of 2019? Uh, I couldn't got? put on the top of my head. It's not, it's not extremely yeah, long. There's like probably like 25 others. or so, but like cards that are very relevant for like uh, legendary creatures because you do need a legendary creature to be your, your commander. Right. Uh, so like Caracas is banned, right? And Caracas returns a legendary <laughs> creature to uh, target player's hand. Right. right, and so something like that is just absolutely busted because you could just solo target someone who needs their commander the entire time. Just return it to your hand. Right, you played it again. My turn. Return oh, it to your sorry, hand. Sorry, you can't. Uh, you can't play yeah. your deck because yeah, exactly. Um, well, and, so, and, and commander is not necessarily a multiplayer game. It tends to be a multiplayer game. Right, there is there are actually bandless. I've been informed that Markov is now banned, yeah, but only I one think, versus one. I think one v one commander is considered, or it's called French commander. French. And so commander. there's it has a separate ban list. Beautiful. Right, like and that. so. Uh, 1v1 uh, commander and then there's also the CEDH which is the competitive EDH uh, scene has uh, the normal ban list but they they have a lower life total or is it just way more ridiculous decks obviously we don't play I, yeah, that much. I feel like uh, it's the exact same format I think it's just the the tier of oh yeah the, the of money and the amount of brewing you've done in right. order to create a combo on your deck yeah and so when it comes to, to singleton formats Obviously, like our passion is is Commander here, uh, and we really enjoy playing it. Uh, we've tried Brawl, at least I have. I don't know how much experience you guys have with Brawl. I want to say I played with Sean one time. Yeah, my brother Sean and Sean. I made decks, and yeah. then we did nothing with that. I think you quickly learned that, oh, I spent all this time. Yeah, so a year we, from now, I'm going to have to spend it again. Yeah, we'd much so, rather just play Commander. Yeah, and so Commander, Commander is, uh, what do they call them, uh, eternal format, Yeah, where anything new printed, just joins the list of what you're allowed to play, minus obviously the ban list, and then whatever has been uh, banned prior is, is there, and then you're just allowed anything else. Like, right, that nothing is your... goes out except specific cards that have been banned for that format. Right. It's yeah. not like, oh, this year is off limits now. And so, and so there, are, there, are, are... there are 55 cards on the ban list. This includes Power 9, and then there's a lot of unstable cards on here and just weird stuff. Right, so the unsets are basically just banned throughout, and, and I kind of want to get into that uh in a bit here when we talk about uh, the next set of formats. Um, but amongst all of these primary constructed formats, whether it's talking about Vintage, Legacy, Commander, Highlander, whatever, uh, you've got 
variants of those where you're playing that basic game, but there's kind of added on rules. And those are plane chase, two-headed giant, arch enemy, multiplayer, that sort of thing, where it's not your uh, set in stone, brick and mortar rules. It's your own. It's whatever you want to play. Yeah. Um, And so like plane chase, they've got special cards, same with arch enemy, that affect the game outside of what you and your opponent are doing. Um, Arch enemy is basically 3v1 and they've got, you know, more life and you're trying to work together to beat them or, you know, trying to, to mess them up and they've got the, the scheme cards there that help them uh, get an advantage against the three people. And then two-headed giant and just other multiplayer formats. Uh, two-headed giant is the 2v2 or 2v2v2v2, 2v2, 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 however many people, you know, you want to try and get in there. Um, that sounds exciting. It, it is, but it's also... Two-headed giant is great. Yeah, two-headed giant is a lot two-headed of fun. giant commander is it's, insane. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it gets really, really frustrating at points because you build a deck to operate in a certain way and you've got someone else that you're trying to rely on to help you and their game plan may be completely different than yours is. Like you could be like a super just go wide token deck and then they're trying to mill everyone out, but their cards say that each player mills and right. that doesn't help you right. if you your stuff is in the graveyard and you don't have something to pull it out, right? Um, so two-headed giant is definitely fun um, and it's seen, I think, a bit more than some of the other ones. Plane Chase and Arch Enemy are a little uh, more off the beaten path, but they're still a lot of fun. Definitely recommend checking them out. Do you want to explain the specifics of those? Uh, for I those think, of us who have not played Plane so Chase? Plane Chase is basically, there's a deck in the middle, and then there's a die called the Plane Chase die. And it has the Plane Chase symbol on it. And I think you can pay two generic mana on your turn to roll the die. So you get a free roll, I believe, and, every yeah, turn. And then, and then you can pay two generic. happens, and you flip up a card if you roll a plane chase symbol. But then so there's, certain, yeah, the certain chase other deck. things happen. I was going to say, so you have to, this is a separate like, yes. ancillary like, product. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. For example, okay. you flip up a card and it just says, it has just a plane, like Dominaria plane. I don't know what the actual Dominaria, but it makes, there's multiple for example, Dominaria, it makes like, everything, all your mana tap for double mana. So right. everyone has double okay. mana until... For until, that turn, yeah, no, until the a new card gets flipped up, right. oh, wow. or it makes it so like every creature has to attack, or something like that. Okay. Right. And so, like, so just using just, the double man as an example, so that it changes the, the rules of the effects. game. And for you, you're allowed to, like, say you've got the extra mana to roll it again, so that you benefit from all of the effects. And then you're trying to like make it so that other people can't get the same benefits you did. Right. right? And sometimes it's like uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, you get an O one goat token or something yeah, like that. Or at and, the like, beginning of your upkeep, everyone has sacrificed creatures. Some sort right. like yeah, and so it's like some good and bad. Yeah. But some just super awesome, some things that are like just really just bad. A level of chaos and craziness. So are to people the game. brewing their decks specifically to Generally speaking, fit I haven't meta? seen people do that, but they've got like uh plane chase pre made decks, I think, that just okay. come with the, the plane chase set. Yeah, when you buy the cards. And, yeah. And so they've got that. And then I think from what I can tell from people I've uh talked to the play, plane chase is just they make a deck and there's like, hey, this would be fun playing chase. Like you know what's even crazier? Plane chase cards. <laughs> add the plane chase cards to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it's just like, let's have a multiplayer game, but we need a way to, to like spice it up to make it more, more different. You know, just like you do it commander, and that would be fun, but why not just plane chase commander, you know? And then Arch Enemy, like I said, is a 3v1. Uh, they've got 40 life, you have 20 life, uh, you and your uh, companions do. And you're trying to get them. They've got scheme cards, which are very similar uh, to yeah. the plane chase cards. Another that, product. It's just a right? separate deck. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you and so they one up, I think, at the beginning of your turn. Yeah, and so there's two different products. They've got the original Arch Enemy, and then they've got the... Because to be clear, Commander isn't... Tech- they do make pre-made Commander decks, but they're not technically another product. They're all the same cards that you could use in these other sets. It's regular Magic cards, correct? For Plane Chase? And for no, for Commander. So they're there are- the same cards that you would use in Standard and Modern and all these things, other than the ban list. Whereas a Plane Chase deck would be new cards specifically for that format. No, not well. The plane chase deck isn't like actual magic cards. You couldn't put those in any other deck. They are like right. larger cards. They're that, like this yeah. big. For those <laughs> listening, it's about like <laughs> a uh, for all you audio yeah, listeners. It's like a large uh, postcard. <laughs> about the size of your phone. Right. Okay. That's that's what I yeah yeah. And so you can clear. use those in other thing. And like the thing with the, the and you com- can't just decide to play plane chase. You actually have to. That's a thing you have to go get. Yeah. I buy. mean, they're, they. I believe they have, uh, like, a printout that you could do. Yeah, you can print oh, okay. them all out. And so, so you could just should, say, okay, we should, we should try it out. Do, do your own. It's, Let's try Yeah, it. it's cool. Maybe after this podcast, we'll give you a review. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back. Yeah. Check our Twitter. <laughs> um, all right. So those are constructed formats uh, where you come in, and the reason called, they're called constructed is because you construct your deck before, you know, coming into it. Yeah. Right. Um, you so, roll up with your best with, yeah. deck. A.K.A. Bruin. Yeah. So the next section here we're going to talk about is Limited. Beautiful. So, limited. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll get into our personal preferences here uh, in, a, in a bit here. But 
let's talk about limited. So we've got sealed, uh, which is generally you get six boosters of the set or of the uh, the block that you're playing, and you open those six new boosters and you make a forty card deck. After this that. is where you're going to get your pre-release in. Yeah, the you, very so first... you sit down, you have an hour, and you go hard. Yeah, go so are... with your own cards. You're not sharing. You, no, you, you get yeah, you get your you six only boosters and six packs, and so. Gary kind of alluded to it, but pre-release is one of the best formats, in my opinion, uh, because... It's just so exciting. Well, you get new the new set. Yeah, it's the new the set, new stuff. and you get six boosters. Everyone's on the same playing yeah. field. Like, obviously, you can, like, look at spoilers and stuff ahead of time, and I think a lot of people do at this point in time. Smart idea. Uh, yeah, it definitely is, because you know what you're getting into, and you know what you, you can, like, potentially to, build deck-wise. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what makes these these limited formats so cool is that you don't have to memorize all thousands and thousands of cards. You yeah, know exactly what cards set's match. coming in. Yep. You know what, what the mechanics are. You you open up your packs and go, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and do that. We'll yeah, see. and certainly, like, you can try and force, absolutely, but not recommended. You look at, you know, what your bombs are, and you go in. And pre-release is so significant in that it's not just the new set, but they always include either a bonus rare or a seeded pack that is directed at the the set that you're playing. And so the bonus rare is just, you get a seventh rare or mythic in your in your box for pre-release, which sometimes, you know, it's a bomb rare that, you know, you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Sometimes it's a land. And sometimes it's a land Shout that's great. In, not even in your colors. <laughs> right. Yeah, and so, so Gary just mentioned there, uh, during the Dominari pre-release, he got to fairy. And so, obviously, money card, pre-release, you know, promo, but a very good playable card. That's how I pay the bills is pre-release. Yeah, basically. Uh, and for Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Legions coming out here, uh, you get these seeded packs. I assume they're going to do it for Ravnica Legions. Yeah, as they've the, said that they are doing it. Yeah. And so you get these seeded packs, which you pick a guild, and they're cards that are directed towards your guild. And they are randomized, but you'll get uh, a mythic or rare out of it, and then cards that are... But it's are, a little more focused. They're, they're all in your colors. Your colors. Yeah. And yeah. so the, the benefit from that is that when you're picking your guild, you're picking your colors, generally speaking, and you say, okay, this is what I want to play, and you have guaranteed... 14 cards that are playable, and you'll have the land there, are playable in the colors that you want to play. And then your other five packs uh, are probably going to be enough to get you to the 40-card limit that you want, including your basic lands. So that's sealed. That's pre-release. Uh, we'll probably go into another episode on, like, making, you know, your 40-card deck, doing, like, a, a sealed or a, a draft. and like Some hot figuring, tips. Yeah, figuring out good tips for... Do you want to explain the difference between draft and sealed? Yeah, so let's talk about draft. So... Draft? Sort of the same, because you're opening up cards on the spot. I, I don't However, know if I, I'd honestly push it to, to same. The only thing that's same about it is that <laughs> you're getting know. new packs, generally. Right. It's the same as in, uh, you've you, never seen those cards You're before. playing yeah, you've magic. Never seen the, the card <laughs> before. <laughs> Sometimes. But again, like, someone like me who will draft a set, you know, online six, seven, eight, ten, twelve times. You know, like, I've seen those cards and I know what's going on, but I don't know what the cards are in that pack. Right. And so with draft, that's what I meant is that it's it's random in that you haven't had time to prepare in the sense that you don't know what cards you have yet. Yeah, you don't know what cards that are being opened and what are being passed to you. Yep. So in draft, you open up your your pack and you pick one and you pass it to the person next to you and everyone does that and there's usually six or eight people in a draft and Corey finishes beers first. So it was he's delightful. Like, oh, <laughs> he's right. number 1. Um, I am number 1. <laughs> uh, so you pick your card, you pass it along. And you continue doing that until the packs are empty, and then you open up your second, do that, passing the opposite direction, and then you do that with Taking your third. Taking one card at a time. Yeah. And so you are building your your deck based on what you're seeing other people pick and what you are seeing just uh, available for you. And so, like, say you open a nice bomb removal or something like that, a board wipe or something like that, and you pick that, and so you're trying to keep in those colors and doing the best you can. And sometimes uh, but, you pick a bomb-ass card... And that's the only card of that color that you'll ever get. <laughs> yeah, everybody steals the rest. <laughs> yeah, and so draft is great. And uh, the variant that I want to mention real quick is cube. So cube is a pre-constructed draft set uh, that you. So someone knows what's in there, right? So I mean, generally, <laughs> like, the the card shop or like Magic Online will have it, and they have they'll tell you like the basics of the cube, or they'll just give you the entire. How card many cards list. are in a cube? Three hundred and sixty. Three. And so you get fifteen card randomized boosters from those 360 cards. And so they may have, you know, a bunch of rares in them. They may be all rares or mythics or whatever. And so whoever makes the cube kind of determines what's in the cube, and then you get randomized packs out of it. And so you still get three packs. There's still 15 cards, and you're still trying to build a 40-card deck. That's all the same. You need lands. Um, but cubes have a tendency to be a lot more powerful uh, than what 
other Zard because people are picking powerful cards. Yeah, you and, don't need to have commons in it. Right, you just pick all right. the good bomb rares. Yeah, and so they have like and again, it's not technically random. Someone has built that right specifically well, I mean, to do something. Other yeah. sets are also not, but they like, they have as well. to make a good cube. You have to balance it. Yeah, and so that's the other thing is that with cubes, people are looking at specific archetypes, specific playstyles, and like it could be like dredge, storm, and you know a couple other uh, specific archetypes. And those are the archetypes for the cube, and you know that, so you go in drafting saying, okay, if I pick up this card, then I kind of know what this color is in and what, right. I, what I need to pick up. Um, and you definitely see that as you open like your first couple packs, is that you kind of see what, what the archetypes are and what, uh, what you're looking for. Um, so that's cube, and obviously this is very brief aside on that. Uh, as it can be super complex. There are vintage and legacy cubes, and... You know, if you want a cube, hit us up. <laughs> yeah, cube power nine. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm working on a, a cube, but not not for sale yet here. Um, and so the the variant that is kind of more common with sealed and draft is two headed giant. Uh, more popular now than it has been in a while, especially with uh, pre releases. A lot of pre releases will do a two headed giant specific pre release where you get your your pre release kit, pair up with your homie, and you try and build using six booster packs, and you're trying to uh, win just a two-headed giant game based on your sealed, uh, with combined sealed. With, with that combined sealed, you're both making a deck. Making two separate, decks. Yeah, yeah you're both making each. two decks, but you're allowed, like, but, it, you're but having all of those 12, your 12 packs, you're talking and you're trying to make decks that are synergistic or that complement each other really well. So, like, one of my favorite strategies is to have, like, a heavy control player and then just, like, a super aggro player, right? Now, and to so, be clear... Two-headed giant, you both have the same life, life total. total. Yes. So you you're share life total and one you, player. you share a turn, but you don't right. share creatures or mana or any or a deck. individual yeah. permanents. But you take you both take your turns and you go to your your phases and your steps the exact same time. And you can look at each other's hands and talk. And obviously but you can't like, tap their mana to right, play for your right. spells or anything like so that. So that's that's kinda like the the one caveat is that their mana is their mana, their creatures are their creatures, their deck is their deck. Like unless you have something that allows you to look at their deck for some reason or another. They are their own player. You are your own player, but you are a team. You have one life total. All right, so we talked about this just a little bit earlier, but there are what are commonly known as the unsets. This is unhinged, unstable, and unglued. Not released in that order. Uh, Unbelievable. Yes, indeed. Um, so there are specific formats that are kind of dedicated to these. Uh, they're banned in basically every format. They have a special silver border on them to to show that you know they're different and they're weird and they're quirky, um, but they're a lot of fun. They're uh, specifically you... made to break some of the rules of Magic. Yes, exactly. They have and different so, rules completely. Yeah, and so when they were developing these sets, they wanted to know what 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 are the limits of Magic, you know. And so the the one example I'm gonna uh, pull up real quick is from Unstable, and I think it's called Three Headed Giant or Three Headed Cyclops, something along those lines. And it had first strike, it had normal strike, which is your normal damage, but it also had last strike. So it hit before normal combat damage, it hit during normal combat damage, and it also hit after normal combat damage. And I think it was a 3-3. So something like that, like, that could theoretically be in magic, you know, in the near future. Right. Something like that. It's not overly, you know, ambitious. It's not too crazy, but they Follow need to be able some to... of the mechanics they've already started talking about. Yeah, just an addition. Just, yeah, it's just kind of like testing grounds almost. And then, of course, if you're familiar with, with lands, you're going to know the unset lands. They're full art. They're gorgeous. Incredible. They're they're amazing. Uh, unstable lands easily. Just... Someone wasn't invited to the unstable draft, so someone doesn't have any yeah. <laughs> full art lands yet. What a loser! <clears throat> yeah, that guy, lame. Whoever that guy is. Um, so, like I said, they have silver border and they're banned in every single format. They were uh, at the beginning of this year allowed in commander for a very short period of time. I think it was about a month that they were in, and then then they're out of uh, allowance. No one plays them unless. Like, your playgroup specifically has talked about them. Right. And so, if your playgroup's okay with it, play it. Enjoy it. They're fun. I uh, think it's one of those things where you go, you know what? We've played this so many times. Let's do something different. Let's do something yeah. weird. Let's have a few more beers tonight and <laughs> yeah. play something Let's weird. Let's play Earl of Squirrel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So, I just want to do a quick conversation here uh, about ban lists. Because every format, I think, has a ban list. Every format is constantly updating the ban list based on the new cards that are coming out, the combos that people are trying to make. Like, it's a conversation that I think every player has had. It's sort like of it. Wizard's way of going, hey, stop winning so often. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let, put it there. Let other people play. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of like, hey, let other people play how they want. 
but it's also just there are too many people who are uh, who are playing this deck, this card, this card combo too often, and it's not. I wouldn't say it's not necessarily fun for other people, but there are just so many decks that are brewed this way because it becomes the strongest deck. And so they have to kind of regulate that. Statistically, not even just, oh, you played that really well. Statistically, that card just wins super often. Better than everything else, more played than everything else, or oppressive to the point where it needs to, something has to be changed. They realize they created something they shouldn't have. Yeah. So the the easy combo to to go to as, as an example is the... Uh, Sahili and Felidar Guardian combo that was in standard for not very long, honestly. Nope. <laughs> uh, but I think it was like six of the eight decks from the top eight of the GP had it. And so it was a card from Aether Revolt and a card from Kaladesh. And when you put them together, you basically just, you win. Yep. Uh, look up the combo if you if you want to know more about it. Very strong, but basically you get infinite creatures and you just swing and you win. But that shows how that can happen. They didn't make these at the same time and go, oh, maybe someone won't break this. It's one set, and then another set comes out, and they go, oh, man, someone found the two of these together. Which is why Commander has such a short ban list, because now you're not talking about one person versus one person. You're talking about one person potentially versus three people right. if they have these really oppressive right. cards. Right, so, so it makes it a little easier to deal with. Yeah. yeah, and there's obviously cards that are just, you know, straight up, they give that person so much advantage that it doesn't matter. I mean, you're looking at, like, Primetime, uh, Primeval Titan, which is just... Insane in Commander just gives you such a massive advantage. And then... Uh, Gristlebrand. Gristlebrand, yeah. Leovold. And the reason why some of these are banned is because, like, Gristlebrand specifically is banned because you have 40 life. Like, that's such a huge advantage if you get that out, if you reanimate it, whatever. And it allows you to just take hold of the game super fast because you just have Explain 20 cards. cards. It's incredible in 20 life formats. Yes. Because B- Gristlebrand is a 7-7 seven, seven demon with, I think, flying lifelink. But he has a pay 7 life activated ability where you draw 7 cards. Beautiful. And so in 20 card or 20 life format, you can do that twice. Right. Immediately. Which that is, is. In, so Without good. Without dying. Yeah. In a 40 card format, you can, do that you can several just times. keep doing that. Right. And having access to him at all times as your commander. Yeah. So he's just, a legendary creature. Just made him just too good. And too so good. The, the shorthand on that is that some cards are just too good in specific formats because of the like the different rule sets for those those formats. and. And Commander, like, yeah, they could ban it as a Commander itself, uh, but Grizzlebrand generally wasn't used as Commander because of the spell Reanimate. You could just keep your seven hand with Grizzlebrand and Reanimate. You go to your draw step, you discard, and your next turn you Reanimate Grizzlebrand, and you have 40 life and then you draw and a 7-7 seven, seven lifelink flyer that no one can cards. deal with. <laughs> and so you just draw whatever your combo is because basically you can just draw your whole deck and you win. And so it was just kind of an unfun thing to play against. Not to say that, you know, that combo is... Not cool. Like, I absolutely love it when I do the the old cubes. But that's where those ban lists come from. People yeah, exactly. at Wizards realize that this is to the point where it's almost impossible to stop, and it makes it really hard for anybody else to play against right. that And deck. it's not just Wizards. There are, like, for Highlander and Commander, there are separate non-Wizard uh, entities that kind of govern the, the ban list. Right. And it's those people who, who, you know, dictate whether or not uh, they, they're going to ban a card or not. So uh, let's talk about casual versus competitive formats. Competitive formats can technically encompass just about everything that we've talked about thus far. You probably aren't going to see uh, Arch Enemy. You're not going to see uh, Plane Chase in your competitive formats. But <laughs> stable, probably. I mean, it's not to say that, that people aren't going to be competitive <laughs> in them, because I, I think try. that if you're playing Magic, you have a drive to win. Right, and so basically so, the distinction between casual and competitive is not whether or not you're good. Whether or not you are good. Or good it's or sort whatever. of the format, correct? It's it's saying kind of. we're it's, here to it's win. It's where the power sort of levels of the deck style. are. Yeah. And that's not to say that EDH and everything else cannot be, you know, powerful, but they're definitely on the more casual side. Any multiplayer format is generally going to be considered a casual format because it's not just you versus somebody else that you can win, you know, off of a tournament or a ladder or something like that. And there are one v one EDH tournaments. And if you're one of those players, like more power to you. Enjoy that. Like if you're competitive in that and you have, you know, the means to, to afford it and to, to play in those formats, that's great. Well, it's kind of like already, what we already talked about with the ban list. Yeah, exactly. You can have really powerful cards. You can have a really competitive deck, but you're playing against three people now. If people see right. that you're very powerful, it's much harder to just be right. this and, ultra yeah. competitive. And the other, uh, like, I guess, I don't want to call it a format. I don't want to call it a style necessarily, but they're just... Kitchen table magic, right? Kitchen table bullshit that you're just having fun. You've got decks that 
aren't legal in any format because of one reason or another. You have, or, you know, 180 cards. And they're, yeah, <laughs> they're just not great, but it's like, they're just fun. They're fun. And that's right. the point of it. It's just to have fun. Uh, I don't know any person who has ever started playing Magic because they thought, I'm going to win some tournaments. <laughs> you know what I mean? Someone told them it was fun. They had fun. Invite them over. Yeah. Played yeah, generally, you, didn't know what like, you have a deck that, you know, it's like for new players or something like that. And you invite them over and say, hey, play this. I'll teach you. Play you know, we'll go deck. slow and like we'll have fun. Um, so naturally talking about all these formats, we have to talk about where do you even play these formats? Right? Like, obviously, kitchen table bullshit. Play it. At you know, the table. You play at what? the table with your friends. In the doesn't kitchen? Have to be, it doesn't have to be in the kitchen. Like You can mix it up, go to the living room, go to the dining room, whatever. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Settle that. Yeah. But a lot of the formats that are going to be uh, hosted and more competitive, you'll probably find at your LGS, your local game store. Just go in, talk to the owner, see you know, if they've got magic products. They have magic events. There's usually different formats played on different nights. Yeah. And so there's, it's going to blow your mind. FNM is called Friday Night Magic. And if your uh, Play Store, or if your Play Store, yeah, if your game store is affiliated with widget, with Wizards, they're going to have uh, your Friday Night Magic, and they're going to have standard or modern or some, some form of magic that you can play on Friday nights at the game store. And it's pretty well advertised as far as magic goes. So you can go in. Play some games, learn if you uh, aren't familiar with the the format or the the game at all. And the cool thing about a lot of those is they they come with because they're standard or modern, they're accessible. If you don't even have cards, if you say I'm going to go in, the game store is going to have a deck that you can buy. Not not all in. game stores, but there are definitely are some game stores that are very good about that. They've got starter decks or something along those lines. Right. Um, and online stores are also getting there. Card Kingdom is amazing in that sense that they've got their their own version of a starter deck that's going to be standard legal. And most standard legal decks, like I said, are probably going to be legal in modern. You're just going to get outclassed because modern just has such speed to it. Um, but the other places to play, you know, you've got local play groups. Go to someone's house. It's not necessarily what I'm talking about for kitchen table magic. Kitchen tables, like when I was younger and playing with like friends and family friends. And it's like it was definitely just janky decks and stuff like that. But local play groups where, you know, you have a regular meeting time place that you play a specific format. For us, it's EDH, you know, grab a couple beers, enjoy it, hang out. Um, and then there's online uh, access nowadays. We've got Magic Gathering online, which is pretty good. Um, it's, yeah, for some people, it's definitely a little more stressful. It's what was that? Uh, <laughs> the cost of entry is a little higher uh, than what I think a lot of people like for it. Uh, but then there's Arena, which is fantastic. Arena's looking great. Like, Arena is looking amazing. It's in the open beta right now. So if you are interested in Magic, go play Arena. It is very fun. Uh, but you're going to have to put some time into it just to unlock new decks and to kind of learn. And Arena teaches you how to but play. But I was going to say, it's informative, too. You don't have to hope that the people you're with know the right. game because if you're like me, your parents didn't know the game very well. <laughs> so you learned the wrong <laughs> the wrong game. Some of these house rules, that's that's where the kitchen table bullshit comes right. in. It's, and it's just sort of the most casual thing you can do. You're yeah, just hanging out exactly. with people, playing for fun. There's nothing wrong with it, but just remember that you may or may not know all the rules. <laughs> right. And so Arena Arena definitely has a really decent teaching program uh, at the start of it that shows you, you know, when you can play spells, like what type of decks there are uh, and that sort of thing. And uh, they just fairly recently introduced uh, a way that you can challenge just friends. So that way you can just test out some, you know, your janky BS deck that's just like, I have no idea if this is good or not, but let's just, you know, cram a bunch of spells in here, have no creatures and see what happens. It's like, Sometimes you don't want to play competitive in that. And they've got their uh, ranked stuff in there. They've got draft. Sometimes they have sealed. They have random events to pop up. Uh, it's really a, a great place for, for people to, to learn magic and to to be introduced to the game and to continue to play it because it is so accessible. And then there's kind of like the opposite end of that in that there are the GPs, which are now called Gender Fireball Magic Fest. Gender Fireball? Channel. Channel. Channel Fireball, okay. Yeah, let's enunciate properly here. Yeah, that Channel Fireball. Gender Fireball would be sweet, though. <laughs> I could Gender see him being I'm into that. Like that. I don't know. That sounds, that sounds dangerous. <laughs> sounds uh, like a good time. So GP used to stand for Grand, Grand Prix. Prix. Yeah, and so they had them all over the country, all over the world. Uh, now they've got Magic Fest. And so it's basically the same as GP, but it's uh, a little more... Uh, kind of introductory friendly, I believe. And I don't really want to go into it here because we're not the, the podcast to talk about, you know, these hyper-competitive events. Uh, but they do have 
Someday. A shitload. Yeah, someday, someday. maybe. Uh, but they do have a shitload of side events, which are fantastic. Last year, or this last year, GP Vegas was phenomenal. And I mean, like any convention, it's very much a social thing. Yeah. You're going to meet people, you're going to see new things, you're going to see new interactions. Yeah, and you can but go- But it's also a competitive Yeah, and you can go and just go to the competitive scene, and you can just dive in to the, to the main GP and just say, okay- I'm going to play modern. I'm going to play standard. I don't think you can just dive into the competitive scene, (laughs) but I know what you're saying. Right, right. And so you can get in and say, okay, I'm going to see whether or not I have what it takes to go, you know, to day two. If you make it to day two, message us, tell us, put it on YouTube for the world and just show off. Like that's something to be very proud of in the magic community. Getting to day two or, you know, making it through day two itself. God, if you win a game. Yeah, even (laughs) if you win a single game. No, no, honestly, like, because people who are there who are in the main event, they're there they've to play playing. seriously, and they've probably been playing for a significant yeah. amount of time. And like getting a game off some of these people, like and pros are in there, right? Like, like you may not even know that they're a pro, and then all of a sudden you beat them. And it's like you know, wow, I haven't lost a game in a while. And you're just like, oh shit, that game was for real. What I did, like, yeah. Uh, Be proud of that. Yeah. So you got GPS, uh, and that's kind of like the mecca for uh, the pro and the competitive scene, and it's becoming a lot better and a lot easier to get into now than it has been in the past. And, and that's just because a, a lot of stuff went down uh, in the last year that has made Watsi figure out, oh, we need to take this seriously. We need to make sure the pros are paid well. We need to make sure that people who want to get into the pro scene can do that. So that's our rundown on all of the formats that are relevant to us, the things that we've played, things that we've checked out, or for some reason or another witnessed in one way. Um, and now we're going to go— You may show up at an LGS and someone's playing something different. And you know what? Tell us about that too. Yeah, if you find uh, some some weird quirky <laughs> are game mode people that are people are doing, like absolutely. But now that we've kind of uh, talked your ear off on formats, let's go something a little bit more fun. Corey, I guess I don't know if you won or lost in the fact that you finished your beer first. I think I won. That's a win because it's in my book. It was a great beer. Great. Like I said, one of my favorites. It definitely was a tasty brew. Anderson Valley's Gozas, always good. How many have they got? Framboise. How many have you tried? A lot. Yeah? <laughs> as many as I can. Every time I see one that I haven't tried yet, I try and buy it. Yeah. Corey so, and, and Gary's brother, Sean, are definitely our aficionados on gozes and sours. I love sour beers. And so, the one I've got is it's definitely nice. The the winter ale, the, the Jubilee ale here. Deschutes is just a great brewery. Like, I know that if I'm going to buy a Deschutes beer, that I'm going to have a quality product. Yep. That's something that's just, it's just good. They don't make bad beers. Yeah, they, they also make great root beer. They do. We went to the uh, the old brewery, the brewery there itself, up in... Yeah. Portland? Or is it, it's somewhere in Oregon. <clears throat> Bend? Bend. There you go. From Bend, Oregon. Up there in Bend, Oregon. And uh, yeah, it's real great. Yeah, so Deschutes. I mean, their Black Butte Porter is one of my favorite beers of all time. Just full stop. That's just a great beer. And so how's the Hofbrau? It's great. I'm I'm not a huge hop guy. So right. the wheat, the nice uh, smooth flavor. We're not looking at anything harsh on the back of the tongue. I'm, yeah, for I'm sure. down for that. So definitely would recommend all these beers. Like, obviously, regional varieties. If you have... You know, a local brewery or something like that. Try their beers. Get yourself some something that you enjoy. Uh, taste around. We tried to get different styles here in that we've got a fairly dark beer. We've got a sour. And then we've got kind of the middle of the road with the Hofbrau. Nice solid Hefe beer Lions that you can just great. enjoy. That's a dinner beer. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't it goes have to try. Yeah, it's easy sipping. Like, it goes with anything. Yeah, it's great. All right. So now that we've talked about what all the formats are and sort of where they came from, where you play them, what that means <clears throat> for the game of Magic. Let's talk about what we play individually. Individually. Now, what about you, Gary? What do you play? So, and why? Well, and what I'll say is, like I said, I started out with the sort of jank magic with my parents. And so it was sort of modern, standard sort of thing, 60 cards. We just Probably sort more of, like Legacy. Bought, I mean, your parents have been playing since like, yeah, we, we would buy pre-constructed decks, so it wasn't necessarily that we were always using old cards, but... Like we said before, it wasn't Legacy or Vintage where we're playing with really great old cards. It was just whatever cards they happened comments. to have. So we were just building decks for fun. And I'll be honest, we had you know family members who had 150 card decks. So this wasn't any sort of uh, yeah, structure. Your mom's elf together. deck, dude. Yeah. 120 cards and just unbelievable. All so of them good. unique. <laughs> but now, uh, primarily, it's EDH. Mainly because of the social interaction. We're very casual players. We like to have more than just one-on-one. It's not all... I mean, you know, you want to win, of course. But you also want to show, you know, your friends all the different interactions you can create. So we, I play a lot of EDH. And, of course, you know, sealed events. Probably pre-release is my big one. I really think that's the f- 
the most exciting to me. You know, yeah, I it's agree. sort of an event. Yeah. It's it's a unique thing. You're getting to see the new cards. You get to meet people at the shop. Yeah, it's, it's definitely just adrenaline pumping. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a like a competitive event in the sense that like you're playing in either a tournament or, or a best of three type environment uh, rather than just like you but play a game. But you're not playing for $100,000. You're playing right. for some booster packs and some bragging <laughs> right. rights. Right, and that's the other thing, right? The, bar- the bragging rights and then the booster packs, which are the booster packs of the new set. You know, like, that's right, so awesome. you're just getting more of the new cards. Right. You're and just also, looking to increase your supply. Yeah, I'm going to jump in and say that pre-release is probably one of the best for your value, for your the best bang for your buck that you can get. Like, oh, yeah, especially if you find a good LGS like we have. Yeah, it's 25 bucks. We get the... Get sleeves and pizza. Yeah, <laughs> sleeves and pizza. Yeah, we get the boosters, uh, boosters, right? We get the kit, the the pre-release right. kit, and then a couple pieces of pizza. We get sleeves on top of it. Like the the LGS that we go to, they take care of us, and that's something that I mean, it's just great business. Let alone just like because we go there for just about anything else, right? And so it's just if we're gonna go there for magic, they've already. I mean, they they bought our business with they just how they cover. take care of us. And I, f- I feel like most game stores are like that. Yeah. Definitely. They know they that the, the user experience, the right. actual clients coming in or where they're making their money, they got to treat you right. And so the one that we used to go to in our hometown uh, was, I mean, it was it was fine, but I think it was tournament style. For hometown the most part. of Idaho Falls. Yes. Shout uh, out. Yeah. And Shout so they Idaho. had somewhat of a tournament style in that, you know, you're uh, playing against people who have the same record as you do. And the winner would get like half a box or something like that. And then we started going to... Uh, a shop in Rexburg, Rigby? Rexburg. Rexburg. Good old Rexburg. <laughs> Shout out to Rexburg. And the the winner of the the Friday night, Saturday morning, midnight event got a full box. I was going to say, I want to say that one was a pretty special That thing. was the one where 100 people showed up and you stayed there until 7 in the morning. Yeah, so it was pretty massive. It was like the biggest one in the area. Rexburg's a college town. You got some people. Lots coming. of Mormons. Yeah, and so like you stay there the entire time because you want to know, you know how much you're getting in. A lot of people are like, okay, well, I've lost two. There's no way I'm in, you know, top eight contender. I'm, I'm out. Go home, no, go but like, bed. <laughs> first place, they got a box. Second place, half a box. Like, you know, and it counts down. But top eight, like, you're getting paid out. And everyone else is like, well, you get your pity back. So, realistically. Yeah, I mean, but, anybody that shows up, it feels worth it. And I don't, I don't think even if you oh, yeah. lose every single game and you don't get a yeah, single extra us, booster, you go, you know what? That was $25 well spent. This was right. fun. But, but for me, it's like, okay, so the pre-release kit itself, 25 bucks, right? And then basically every game store that I've been to has paid out a pity pack. So that's seven boosters for 25 bucks of the new set. And your like your pre-release kit, hold on to that. Like It's not just good cards, but if you want to play against somebody that you haven't played with before, and it's like, oh, I can just buy one of those online or whatever. And it's like, you can teach them how to build a sealed deck. You can teach them, you know, like how to play in that sort of environment. So you just have that deck on hand. And sometimes you just get amazing cards. And you get seven boosters plus an eighth rare from your, from your kit. Usually, I mean, this... Ravnica stuff is a little a little different, but like eight rares for twenty five bucks plus whatever they add on top of it. And who knows what those rares are gonna do in a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you got Teferi and Lyra, like Gary can open the money pack. Oh yeah. Like I didn't even keep them. I, I no. gave them back to the store. Yeah, you flipped them. It's just like, okay, well these are these are worth money and I'm probably not gonna build a deck with them immediately. And it's better just to to grab the value while they're they're worth something. Yeah. Oh absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, he easily made his money back off of one card, and it's like, that's not why he's there, but that's a sure is a damn good plus. All right, what about you? I mean, I play Commander, mostly. Obviously, we're all in the same play group, so that's a big deal. we all play together, <laughs> so we all play the same stuff, but Commander is my main format, but Limited and Pre-Release, is, I think, is the most fun you can have playing Magic. So why play Commander? What, what got you into there? I mean, Brewing Dex has always been fun, just jank. So I feel like the smarter player you are, the better you are at making <laughs> weird, shitty decks that still don't lose all the time. Yeah, you know what I mean, right. Corey's one of those creative guys that just can brew up some weird and yeah, making and decks that, that comes with experience and, and like you know scheming. time play for sure. And then yeah. yeah, like whether or not you're you know brewing online, you're looking at what other people have built. Like all that's fair game. Have fun with it, but you gotta remember that you're playing against other people. You can't just have some like overpowered, annoying deck that they have to deal with because otherwise it's like. Just play Arch Enemy, dude. That's what you're trying to do. It turns into three to one anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So for me, I play limited. It's draft and sealed, but mostly draft. Um, I enjoy uh, all those. Drafting is great. Yeah, drafting is amazing. Now, do you draft at the shop or do you buy a box and draft with friends? Both, but I also draft online. 
Okay. So I try and get like the most bang for my buck out of out of drafts. So Arena has allowed me to do a lot of things, including playing standard, which I didn't play before because like why would I spend $100 on a deck that's going to have to change and like I feel like that's the big the big allure for commander yeah. players is that right. you're never going to have a deck that goes, well, you can't play it yeah, anymore because it's eternal. not legal. Yeah. I mean, you and might so, have one or two cards get banned, but yeah, yeah, for sure. And so Arena's allowed me to, I mean, I drafted M19 probably 15, 16 times. I've drafted Guilds of Ravnica half a dozen times at this point in time. And I'll definitely draft more, but I just haven't had as much time, you know, with winter and all Some the other holidays college. and shit. Yeah. And so that's amazing for me to be able to say, okay, I'm going to pull out my laptop. I'm going to jam some games of standard and it doesn't matter if I win or lose. I'm not playing like the ultra competitive and I could and I'm sure my decks would be fine, but it's like, it's affordable. Like right. I got into arena during the, the closed beta and I was like, okay, this I can commit to, I can have fun. And then they reset everything. I was like, huh, that's kind of, you know, a little bit of a feels bad, but that means I can make different decks, right? Cause they, they went to open beta when Kaladesh rotated out and I had some janky Joyra decks. I'm sure you guys all know the the joy of basically it's standard storm is what it was, which was hilarious and fun. And like, <laughs> it's hilarious for me only. Well, no, that's the thing is that like it's it's like a a what do you call it? Card tower, house of cards, but made out of glass, right? And so it's like it's not just fragile, but like if one tiny thing goes wrong, you just lose. And it's like for me that was a lot of fun because that's something that I would never do that in person. Like I would never build that deck because I know that we don't play standard and that it's not something that is fun for us because we play multiplayer. We're trying to get together as a group. We're trying to do that. So that's where EDH comes in. And it's definitely my most regular played format in person. You know, it's what we get together to do. It's what we get together and we play and we have fun and we just enjoy the experience as a multiplayer format because it's it's a social thing for us. It's not just, hey, I bet I can, you know, beat these other three guys. It's like, hey, I just made a new deck. Let's grab some beers and let's chill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's almost... Everybody is excited to see what you did with those cards. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? It's not even about whether you won or lost, but if you could have that one turn where you go off and it's like, dude, <laughs> yeah, like, oh my God. Yeah, it's just like, holy shit, we can't do anything about this. Right. Or it's just like, it's like, God damn, that card's good. Or yeah. even if it fizzles out right before he was going to win, you're like, oh, I yeah. see like, what oh, you, you choked. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, basically, you know, like there's, there's the Kingmaker uh, philosophy, which is, you know, you're not going to win, but you can guarantee that somebody else is going to win. Or right. at least someone else is going to lose. Right. Which well, is kind of spiteful, yeah. but I like yeah. it. But in the, the idea is just like, <laughs> I know I'm not going to win because like my shit's fucked. Right. But how about I help you win this dude by fucking on this guy? At me, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And He's so it's, it's fun to, to get to that point uh, where you're just like, okay, my deck's not doing what I want it to, but I can still do some other random shit in this, comp- like, in this environment that's not super competitive. Right. That's just kind of like a group of friends and it's just like, ah, uh, well, damn. Go to the next game. And everyone's cool with that. Like yep. that is that is a, a thing that's just like, oh, well, we're gonna stay with the same decks, we're gonna mix it up. Like how are we gonna how are we gonna go about it? And you know, for us, like we've got enough decks around between you know our group that it's like, well, I'd like to try out Garion's vampire deck or you know, Corey's Marin deck or whatever it is. And it's I just feel like, like there's a lot of sharing that goes on. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if yes, maybe not as much, but yeah, deck roulette. Yeah, I've actually had deck roulette. Yeah, I've like actually that. had really good experience at LGS when it comes to Commander and that people if you play Commander you don't just have one deck. Like, you have your favorite deck. Right. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like, the, the last time that your brother and I actually went to the LGS, uh, he finished pretty early on uh, the draft that we were doing, and so the guys were just like, hey, do you play Commander? And you're just like, did you say Commander? In fact, I do. And so you're like, he was super well, he's just like, well, the thing is that I didn't bring my deck, and they're just like, well, I've got four decks here, and there's four people that are just waiting around, so right. can we just jam a game? And That's one of the guys beautiful. didn't want to join, so it was just a, a three three-person game. But like, he saw some decks that He'd never seen before, and I was, I was just like, say, "That kind of makes sense too." If you bring your decks, and you're like, "I kind of want to see how four of them go off." Yeah, so let's exactly. Just like, how often are you using your own decks against right. your decks? I'm like, you don't build your decks to combat your decks, because like, yeah. you think think that you're the person who's playing them, you know. But it's like, it's it's a really fun experience, and EDH is just the format that really kind of like brings us together as Magic players and friends that we can all agree on, and it's not super time-consuming necessarily to to get in a game. Like, some games can go insanely long. Yeah. But it's like, can we jam a game? It's like, well, we've got an hour. It's like, okay, we can get one game in. You know, and that one game has its ups and downs, and, and it's a lot of fun. But sometimes it's like, well... It's definitely the best format to play with friends. Just... Yeah, it's I, just I given. Like, and I, I don't want to necessarily say that, because, like, I've got some some questions listed. It's just like, you know, why do you play, you know, certain format? Why don't you play certain format? And 
Like, what is your favorite format? Asking Gary specifically. Definitely Commander for me. I think it's it's a double-sided coin. You know what I mean? You get half the experience of brewing. And I think everybody that in our play group is really big on the you're more excited to brew a deck than you are to play with it sometimes. Oh, you know yeah, I mean? definitely. We just have like, we got the whole Snapchat thing going on. Everybody's like, ooh, new commander coming in. Everyone's excited because that's half the fun is, is deciding how far can I take this commander? Or how far can I take this synergy? Right. And then the other half of it is you get to prove to your friends that you did something cool or you get to hang out with your friends and, and get that ass whooped and whoop. Yeah. That like, ass. yeah. like sometimes, sometimes you whoop in that ass and sometimes you get in that ass whooped and like, that's fine. But it's all because, amongst friends. And because so you're yeah, proud because of everybody. It, because it's fun. And it's just like, okay, so this deck didn't perform how it is. And it's just like, we're all good enough friends. That we're just like, Hey, like what did I do wrong? Yeah, like, what happened? Yeah. Take and this card out, make these cuts. Yeah. And so like someone like Gary and who is less experienced, he hasn't been playing as long and hasn't been playing as, in like as many competitive environments as, as what Corey and I have, or for as long, it's just kind of like, okay, so what do you think about this? And it's like, well, you have too much, you know, of this type of card, or you don't have enough of this type of card, or whatever it is. You need to, you, know, you need to well, stop playing only black. Yeah, it's you good, but more ramp. Yeah, right. just things like that. It's and it's a card just, draw. Yeah, it's it's us enabling each other to to get better because. Like we've got some decks that we used to just outright say, okay, you can't play this deck if we're playing these these other decks. Yeah. And it's like we'd have to we'd have to ban decks. And that, that's kind of what feels bad, but like that's also fine. Like if you understand that that deck is good, and that deck like that's respect. Like that's saying okay, you did something well here, and we can't beat it yet because we don't have you know the funds, the 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 know how, whatever. And like that's totally that's straight and shoot like honesty. That's yeah. the important part. Is that hey, we can't have fun. If so you're, you're saying that EDH is not your ultimate favorite format. Um, I think as far as like the social paradigm of it, absolutely. Because it is what we do as a group of friends. You know, we go and we play EDH and that's what we do. We grab literally like today or the last time, you know, I went to, to buy beers. It was cause like, okay, I want to share these with my friends. Right. Right. I was like, okay, so that's great. And how are we going to do it? Probably over kitchen table magic that is just EDH because I mean, unless we all have like our old sealed pools together, then yeah, we can't really do that, which is why I'm saying save your sealed pools because they're fun to play later. Um, but as far as like actual just straight up magic, I love sealed. I think EDH is probably above sealed, but I love draft. Like drafting is so much fun because it is competitive and I and I am competitive by nature. Like yeah. when I'm playing EDH with friends, I kind of like turn that part of me off and I'm just like, okay, I want everyone to have fun. I want everyone to like be able to play the game. I hate when someone goes out and like, turn six or something like that and they just didn't do anything or when somebody's on the side and it's just like well I've missed a land drop every turn so right. I'm on turn three while you guys are on turn seven it's see just I feel like, like it's with commander especially when you're playing with friends you turn off the emotional side of your competitive nature but not the intellectual side you still yes. want to win you want the thing to perform but you're not going to be pissed about it yeah, you're not going to be like right. oh you beat me I like that that idea is that the emotional side is just like we, we're You're there to have fun. Yeah, but at the same time, like if somebody's not doing anything, we tend to leave them alone, and then they always <laughs> win. And then they, they win, win. <laughs> right? Which is not like a smart thing for us. But at the same time, it's like it's kind of what feels bad to be like, oh, you have three lands and it's on turn seven. Well, you can't do anything, so I kill you, and that's it feels bad. And like yeah. we're trying to avoid that as much as possible because we want everyone to, to have the experience. But like if I'm drafting, like it doesn't matter who I'm playing. It's like I chose the cards. Yeah, I chose you know like what archetype I'm in. I chose you know out of the cards that i've selected what makes it into the deck i feel like, like for me i'm the opposite because with the sealed stuff i feel like my brain allows me to turn off that competitive nature just real quick I'm like, oh i didn't draw very well so that's it's whatever right you know and whereas commander you know you had everything at your exposal your disposal yeah you're just, it you was your excited every card that went in. it was right. your choices that made you suck right and, not, I, and not I do what like you that. drew and or, that's the reason why sealed i mean like as far as like my formats you know it's like Draft, I think, is probably the most fun for me just because it allows me to, I guess, to to prove myself, to test myself, to say, okay, I know this format, I know what's going on, I know what cards are, I know what other people, or I think I know what other people are drafting, and I'm able to influence that so that, you know, I've got better a better deck and, you know, sometimes you hate draft and, you know, you try and make it so that the person that you might play against doesn't have as good of a deck. You know, it's of like, course. So, to me, there's much more going on in those individual games than there are in EDH. Because I know I've got that deck and it's going to be reliable and I'm going to play it for years, 
right? And then I'm going to update it as new sets come out or as I find that, you know, it's not as strong as I want it to be or whatever. And that's fine. But for me, I'm a budget player. Right. Right. I try and spend... I think most of us are. As oh, little yeah. as possible. <laughs> but I guarantee you that all of your individual decks are worth more than mine, right? There's not a single deck that I have right now that is worth probably more than $110. That might be true. Right? And so I'm trying to... And I would say get the bang for my buck, but that's not necessarily true because, I mean, you might have way more fun with your, you know, like $400, $800 deck. I have no idea what anyone's decks are actually worth, but then I, then, I do, then I do with like my $100 deck. But right. I know that I have, for your $800 deck, I have eight $100 decks and I can swipe between those eight as I feel. Right. And for me, that matters. I think that's our play style too, is that. Yeah. It's almost more fun to have four or five decks that do completely different oh, things than to have that one deck that yeah. you blew it all, and now you can That's do that the one only thing deck you play. Every time. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like it's great in EDH to have those decks and to have the fun with friends, and I think that's why it's second. And I would say it's one hundred percent like within one to two percent of how fun I enjoy those formats between EDH and draft. Right, but for me, draft is just it's more fun because I'm allowed to test myself personally, more than I would in EDH. Because in EDH, I know when I build a deck that there are other decks that I'm trying to compete against. When I'm building in draft, it's I'm trying to build the best deck that I individually can. And I'm trying to compete against what I know could be out there. Yeah. And so that's just a personal thing is that I enjoy the competitive side to it and the fact that it's me against the other player. And so it's trying to out-compete that rather than just like, well, I'm building a deck because it's fun and I know it's going to do well, but in EDH, when it's like a four-player game, I'm like, oh, 25%, maybe. Like, I kind of don't care as much. But like, I get super competitive when it's draft. I'm like, I'm going to beat everybody, and this is why. Okay, so obviously, you guys know what I enjoy. I love draft. I love EDH. But for you guys, let's break it down. Best format you want somebody else to get into or try. Gary, go. I think when we talk about best, it's got to be easiest. So, you know, whatever the most accessible product is, I think is probably the easiest for a beginning player. So, like, so just Watsy the, consumer product. Yeah. Pre-constructed deck. You can get them at Walmart. You can get them right. at Target. You can get them at all these places. You so is that like the Planeswalker decks for standard or is that commander product? I mean, if I, I feel like Planeswalker products probably a little easier to get into. Than yeah. Commander. I mean, they're like 15 you're bucks rather than like 40. Thing yeah. to jump into. <laughs> yeah. Commander. I feel like that's your second thing. It's once you've been playing magic for a little bit, you understand what magic is and then you go, Oh man, I got to make it a little more complicated, but a little more fun. So if you're just starting out, seriously, just go to Target, buy a couple decks with friends and just start playing. Yeah. get. The, I would agree with that. Like it's your like easy Watsy sponsored products and just things that you can say, okay, out of the box, I can play this against somebody else. This will play well. Yeah. Yeah. And these two decks go together. Right. All right. Like Corey. the dual decks and stuff like that. The but, format for people to play. I mean, I think limited is the best way. Because it's just aggro, simple decks, 40 cards, and obviously making the deck is the hardest part, but... So you're talking like sealed then? Yes. Okay. Like going to pre-release, just... Yeah, see, but that's, but that's where I'm a, at. But take me. a kind friend. You know what I mean? You don't want to just show up by yourself because you will be so lost. Right. <laughs> you want someone to at least hold your hand the first time. Yeah. But you know? I will say, a lot of the guys at the stores are really good. Because where oh, I was yeah, going to go... Everyone like, helps you out. I, said, I, I agree with Corey on this one, and that... Pre-release, I think, is an amazing place for people to go because the the shops are generally super friendly about it. Everyone around you is going to be friendly. Like, I have not been to a pre-release where it's just like, hey, fuck off, I'm building a deck here. It's just like, oh, shit, you opened that card? That is awesome. Is this the most friendly format, or are you talking about the beginner format? I'm saying, like, if somebody's listening to this right now, what would you recommend for them to play? I, I really do think you have to delineate because if you're a very beginner, I don't think draft, I don't think pre-release even because people they're not being hyper competitive but they are also trying to be fast you're trying to get your games in you don't want to <laughs> teach a person to play right that's you know fair I mean? that's fair so if you're just barely i mean literally just stepping into the game i think you find friends who played you get some pre-constructed get some, stuff that you know bad be all right. old modern decks yeah. yeah that's that's true as well but yeah i think dual just, decks, if i was going to advise someone to go try something out definitely not even just sealed but specifically pre-released because it's just yeah it's the like if you played the game and you point. want something new pre-release is the one to go to absolutely it's just everyone's excited even the person who's been playing forever yeah they're excited yeah, everyone's, yeah. Everyone's yeah. Everyone's it's fun yeah like you can win stuff and 
I've been to what three different shops for pre-releases uh, for the past couple of years, and I think all of them had door prizes, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Well, I think, I mean, uh, that definitely covers all the formats. I think that's a pretty good overview of all the different ways that you can play this incredible game. Right. <laughs> and so the important things is, right, magic is a game. It's meant to be fun. If you're having fun, you're doing it correct. Right? It doesn't matter what format you're playing. doesn't matter what cards you're playing. And just have a good time. Like, if you don't want to play with the cards based on a ban list that somebody else has created, then damn the ban list. Absolutely. Play kitchen table bullshit. Play how you want to play. Play, play with your with friends. people you want to play with. Exactly. Like, have fun. Um, if you want to get more competitive, check out your LGS. Sometimes they got tournaments. they got Friday Night Magic. And whether that's sealed or draft or, you know, constructed formats, it's going to be fun. Or you might even just meet another play group that's yeah. just on a different level. You know what I mean? And that's the other thing, right? Meet some cool people. Playing with other people is so incredibly important to the game of Magic. Is that It is a social game. It is a social environment that you're playing in. And even if you're being competitive, at the end of the game, you know, you should be able to, to look your opponent in the eye and be like, good game. You know, and whether or not you think that's a good game is kind of up to you. But you should be able to respect the fact that they played their game, you played your game. And hopefully you guys are both having fun. Yeah, don't be a dick. Until they rage quit after you jock lobs. <laughs> and there's like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Before we sign out here, just want to remember, we're drinking here, we're having a good time, but want to make sure you guys are doing it responsibly. Don't don't mess around with stuff. You're not legal. Tweet at us how your beer was. We'd yeah, like you to guys, know as well. Yeah, if you guys cracked open a nice nice beer, Definitely. let us know. If Give us recommendations. Get a hold of some nice regional stuff that you want us to try, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Send us nope. some names. Yeah. <laughs> Post those in the YouTube comments. Give us a tweet. All the information, where we can get it, what kind it is, obviously, because we're kind of kind of partial to specific stuff. Uh, but sours. Sours for I mean, all of us like different things. So whatever you, whatever we Someone's get, someone, we'll, yeah. Yeah. someone will probably enjoy all of us, it. it. It'll get drank. It'll probably get tried. <laughs> probably it'll, drank. it'll be put in someone's body. Yeah. And we'll give you a nice thanks for that. So appreciate you for listening. Thanks for tuning in.